Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 44 called Sarah. So guys, today's episode is sponsored by Prove, the first five minute at home progesterone test. I'm sure all of you guys know that progesterone is super important when it comes to getting pregnant. Progesterone is what prepares the uterus to receive an embryo, and it needs to be elevated high enough for long enough to support proper implantation. In fact, low progesterone is the number one cause of infertility. Which brings us to Prove. What I love most about this product is that it was invented by Amy Beckley, a PhD scientist and infertility warrior whose journey lasted three long years and included seven miscarriages. Amy suspected a simple progesterone deficiency in her own journey, and lo and behold, she was right. So her progesterone miracle is now six years old. You guys know I love female-founded companies, and you know I love products that can truly help all of you navigate this awful infertility road. So definitely check out Prove. The best part is that they're giving Infertile AF listeners, you guys, a special discount code. So go to ProveTest, which is spelled P-R-O-O-V-T-E-S-T.com, enter the code InfertileAF20, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Thank you, Prove. So you guys, I can barely contain my excitement about my guest today. Her name is Sarah Larson-Levy. She's the CEO and co-founder of Y7 Studio, which is an incredible yoga studio that started in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is the neighborhood that I live in and I've lived in for the past 16 years. And I started going to Y7 when they opened, the year that they opened. So I've known Sarah and her husband, Mason, for a while. And it's been so fun to watch how Y7 has grown. And in 2018, Sarah was on Inc. Magazine's cover as one of America's 500 fastest growing businesses, not even fitness businesses, just businesses in general. So it's fucking amazing. She's worked so hard. She's remained down to earth, goofy, super cool the whole time. She used to literally check me in at the desk. So, and now she's the CEO of this company with 300 employees. So like I said, it was so cool to reconnect with her. She's a disruptor in the fitness industry. And you know, we love disruptors on the show. But the reason, other than Y7, the reason that I'm talking to her today is because in 2019, Sarah wrote an Instagram post about the miscarriage that she had just suffered. And it was an amazing moment just for women in general and people who were sharing their stories. And since then, she's also written an article for Women's Health because she is newly pregnant. So She was looking back on the miscarriages and now she's pregnant about five months along actually. So I thought it was a good time to check in with her, talk about growing her business and also all that she's been through and why she wanted to share her story. So like I said, I adore her. She's such a great human being, just a good, good human. And I'm so grateful that she took the time out of her crazy schedule to be on my show. So Sarah, thank you so much. Katie Mason, the Y7 instructor that we talk about, Katie Mason Hampton, actually, who literally picked me up off the floor in yoga when I was going through my infertility struggle. We both love you and you're going to get a shout out in this episode too. So thank you to Sarah Mason, Y7, and I am just so grateful. So without further ado, this is Sarah's infertility story.
Sarah, it's so good to see you. Good to see you. I remember you from when I used to go to Y7 back in the like early days. The very, very beginning. I think it was you guys opened in 2013, 2013, right? yeah, summer. And um, I remember you were in Williamsburg in like this tiny loft space yes. and probably fit like six or eight mats. Yes. I checked you in in the hallway. You back. checked me in and your husband worked there as yes, well. Yes, he did. And then I followed you from the to the bigger studio yeah. and then the bigger studio and now you guys are have blown up. How many studios do you guys have now? So we are at 13 studios right now okay. and we are on the cusp of opening our first Chicago location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yes. hometown. So that will be number 14. So That's we're awesome. So excited. We open um, the second week of March. Cool. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing to see how it's grown. And like, I love, I was reading the, you were on the cover of Ink. Yes. Magazine. <laughs> and I was reading that you were like, it's so funny because I hate yoga. Like, yeah, you know, I you used to hate it. Yeah. And that's why, tell me tell me about that and why you started what sure. you did. So this all actually started out of, uh, my journey with yoga really started out of an injury. Okay. Um, I pinched my sciatic nerve in 2012. And if for anyone who has had any sort of back injury, it's rough. Mm -hmm. It's, I was on bed rest for a week. I didn't walk for a week. Mm -hmm. And yoga was really you know, yoga and Pilates was the only thing I could do. And mm -hmm. as someone who was, you know, 25, about to turn 26, I didn't have the money for Pilates and all of these little more expensive, like, reformer classes. Mm -hmm. And so yoga was really my only option. Mm -hmm. And I tried a ton of different studios around the city, and it just none of them really clicked for me. I was in studios where it was really bright. There was a lot of mirrors there were you know they expected a specific type of person to walk through that door and right. for you to immediately mold into the person who is supposed to embody this kind of studio right. and not that that's a bad i think you know what's it wasn't so wonderful about yoga is that there's so many different types and totally. there's something for everybody i just couldn't find what i resonated with yeah and yeah. i left feeling classes a lot of times worse about myself that's then yeah. better. That's you know, not I, right. Exactly. And like yeah. the whole point of it is to like lose yourself, to spend, you know, an hour with yourself, connecting with your body and, you know, really opening up your mind. And I was staring at myself in the mirror, mm -hmm. picking at every Criticizing. little thing yes. I didn't like about myself, staring at other people, wanting to look like them, trying to emulate the teacher. And just, it took away from, you know, the mm -hmm. connection you're supposed to have with your own body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of kind of, that was one big part of, you know, having the dark room and the no mirrors and, you know, mm -hmm. I took all the things that I was craving of the yoga experience and right. music for me, like yeah. if you put on a good playlist for me, like it, I could be doing something so boring. I could be building Ikea furniture and be like, oh, I did that in 10 minutes and right. it's been two hours. Like right. I, it's something that really forces me to kind of get out of my own head and that's what we really did with Y7 yeah. is you know we want you to lose yourself in the music and really start to, to connect with your body and totally. really make it this true moving meditation right I remember the first class I went to you got <laughs> that you played Jay-Z and Biggie and I was yeah. like oh I'm never leaving the studio yeah. like it was so awesome yeah and it's uh, fun and, and we want it to be fun and, and lighthearted, yeah. and right. not everything has to be I think we all deal with so much heavy, heavy shit anyways in right. our lives. Like this one hour 
Totally. It doesn't have to be more judgment on, you know, right. you not thinking about other things or you, you know, only thinking positively and, you know, right. you know, with all these guidelines, like just, it's okay to kind of be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say that when I talked about my story in the first episode of this podcast, I talked about Y7 because it was a huge part of my, when I was going through, you know, between having my daughter, which, you know, I had, she's 10 now, so I had her with no problems. So I had secondary infertility and between having my daughter and my son, it was like a three plus almost four year, like journey for lack of a better word. I hate that word, but, and I found that when you, you know, you know this too, and we'll talk about your story, but when you want a baby and you can't have one, it is like one of the worst feelings in the world, right? It's like, there's, you're so sad and it's so depressing and and it's so, I think a lot of, it's so out of our control. Right. Yes. And that's, yes, that's what I was going to get back to. can do. So it becomes this frustrating cycle of like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. Why? Right. And that's what I was going to say is there's so much that's out of your control that I started really diving into yoga and soul cycle too, were my two things I would like alternate. Because it was the one thing that I was like, if I can't control what's happening inside, I can at least control my health and, Mm -hmm. you know, how I feel about myself. And that was like, I just like sunk my hooks into these Y7 classes and Katie Mason, who was like one of your OG instructors who she's just the best. If you're listening, we love you. She will be listening because she knows that you're doing this. And I told her and she was like, ah! She's the greatest. And there was one class, and sorry to repeat myself if anybody's heard the first episode, but where I had just had a miscarriage like the day before, two days before, and I went to yoga to help myself feel better, and I couldn't stop crying. And I was like in that dark room, and I remember I had grabbed, you were probably there, like you were probably at the I studio might, that day. I might have been this there. This is like 2000, 2014 probably. Yeah. And I had grabbed like a roll of toilet paper before I went in because I couldn't, I was like blowing my nose and I was like disrupting the class and like, it was like all quiet and I would be like, and finally Katie came over and kneeled down and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And then after class we talked and I told her what was going on and she was just wonderful. So thank you for creating that space. I mean, it truly, like my son wouldn't be here if it weren't for those classes. I truly believe that it, you know, that in tandem with so many other things, but it really was like a sanctuary for me. Um, So, I mean, there's nothing that makes me happier. Yeah. I know it was a tough time for you, but the fact that you felt you could stay Mm -hmm. and cry and that was a space that you could do that, it means everything. Yeah. That's what we want to be. We want to be that super safe space where yeah, it was you can come to and like you know no matter what you have going on in your life yeah. you at least can come to your mat in this space mm-hmm. and still keep some kind of normalcy for mm-hmm. like a lack of a better word like that's part of your routine and the fact yeah. that you could still do that and didn't feel that you couldn't go because you were right. in you know no it was like i had it was my yeah. life raft i had to go that was the only thing i wanted to do was go and then later on, like throughout my story, I, I ended up having four miscarriages total before doing IVF. But between, I think the third and the fourth, I did a private class with Katie yeah. and I like sent her my playlist and I wrote, I sent something yes. for her to read. Cause yeah. you know, how she used to read these yes. like little poems yes. and stuff throughout class. And, um, I had all my girlfriends come and it was so awesome. And it was just one of those points in like this whole shit show that I went through. 
that was like a highlight. Yeah. So again, like that was your, you know, Thank you and Mason, like what you yeah. guys created. So, all right. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we love Katie. So yes. I hope she comes back to New York soon. I know. We'll all go out. And- I know. And wherever she goes, that will yeah. always be a target city on my list to Good. open. So, yes. <laughs> um, okay. So tell me, I know that you guys, you and your husband met, you guys grew up together, right? You're from Michigan. So we, yeah. We're both from Michigan. Uh, we met at a house party. Okay. Our senior year of high school. Okay. In a mutual friend's basement. Okay. Um, Did you go to the same high school? No, we okay. went to different high different schools. Different high schools. Yeah. So we met, we were 18. Okay. Um, we were just friends. And we didn't start dating until after college. Okay. So I moved home. Um, he went to univers- University of Michigan. Okay. Um, I went to Wisconsin, and I was just kind of... Did you go to Madison? I did. I almost went there. It's... It's a great school. It's the best. So I came home after college just to kind of recalibrate, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. Both my parents um, work in the car industry still, okay. but... There was a huge recession then. My mom was actually not working. She took early retirement okay. um, from one of the big three before she dove back into you know another one. Okay. So it was very much tight in my household. So I had to find a job somewhere before okay. they were like, we will help you move. Right. Okay. They were like, you need to have guaranteed income because we can't support you. Right. So I was home for about six months um, in 2009, and Mason and I started dating then. And when I made the choice to to move to New York, he decided to come with me. Okay. So what made you want to come to New York in the first place? You know, I had done an internship over one summer, and I loved it. I fell in love with the city. Mm -hmm. I thrive off of inconsistency and, like, excitement. Okay. I don't like doing the same thing every day i'm not like a big routine person like i'm probably the only person in fitness who's like you know people ask me about my routine i'm like um (laughs) i uh, i don't i like don't have a good answer that people seek from you know right so in wellness because i just i don't thrive off of that i love well you're a disruptor yeah i love you know doing the stuff I love. Hence the reason you created something that nobody else was doing. Yeah, thank you. And I, you know, so I, I just love New York. I love the energy of the yeah. city. I love, you know, I love the options. Right. I love that there's so much here. That's and a, a lot of my friends I went to college with were here too. So okay. it's like a natural kind of like place yeah. that I at least wanted to try. Right. I didn't like it. Always move. Right. No big deal. Yeah. That's what my husband and I always say about New York, because like I said, we're from Chicago and we moved here for my job back in 2003, but we're always like, if the, like nine times out of 10, the coolest thing that's happening like in the world yeah. is probably happening in New York. Absolutely. So it's like, like you said, you can walk down the street and every day it can be totally different. Totally different. so awesome. There's so much opportunity everywhere. Like, right. I truly do not think I could have ever started this business and built this business if I was in any other city. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't think like the Midwest, it would have been the same. I don't think it would have been the same just strictly because the kind of foot traffic we get in New Mm -hmm. York, the willingness of people to step out of their comfort zones in New York Mm -hmm. and try something new where it's very easy. Like, you know, for my parents, just using them as an example, they go from, you know, point A home to B work on the weekdays and really you know, because of traffic and rush hour, like they only do things in that pathway. Right. And it's hard to get people to deviate from that. And it's Mm -hmm. not because, you know, they're boring or not exciting. It's just because who wants to go 30 minutes outside of their way in traffic? 
Right. When, you know, the thing they normally do is like on the way home. So, you know, it's a little bit different in terms of just getting people to try things that are not in their path. And I think that can be really, really limiting. Whereas in New York, with the subways and the buses, it's like, you could do that. Like there's, there's 10 different ways to get to like Herald Square or to Flatiron. Like there's so many different ways. So it's just a really fun, it's a really fun place for discovery. So were you guys living in Williamsburg when you started that studio? Yeah, we were. We lived in Williamsburg for six years. Where were you? Broadway between Barry and Wythe. And we were there for like four years. Okay. Yeah. And now you're in the city. Now we're in the city. Yeah. Once we got the office, it was like... Yeah, totally. We were here so late. We have dogs. Right. Your dogs on Instagram are so cute. And we were like bad dog parents. We're like, we never saw them. It was like, we've had such dog guilt. So... Um, now we have a little bit more flexibility. Right. So after you guys got married, had you talked about having kids or was it always something that you guys wanted to do? It's always something we wanted to do. So I have such a fun family. So my dad is one of nine. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay. So do you have tons of cousins? Tons of cousins. And my dad's the second oldest and I'm the third I'm the third oldest cousin. Okay. So how I many have, siblings do you have? I have one younger sister. One, okay. But I grew up like around babies and like as I grew up, like someone was always having a baby. Mm -hmm. And so I've been changing diapers since I was like five, since early, you know, I have friends who until they have their own kids are like, I've never changed a diaper. We're like, I've been changing, begging to, you know, I was like, you were always maternal. Yeah. Okay. And I nannied throughout high school and like it's something I always wanted and I, you know, I have, I adore my sister to pieces, Um, but we're four years apart. And so we never, and we weren't even really that close until she graduated college Mm -hmm. because we were never in the same phase of life My sister and I are four years too. Yeah. Same exact thing. And it's not a bad thing. You're just, you know, when I was a senior in high school, she was in eighth grade. Right. I was a freshman in college. She was a freshman in high school. So there was a big gap in between, in between really what we were doing. And I always, you know, envied people who had bigger families Uh and just you know were able to really like hang out with their families Mm -hmm. and that was like their fun really like you know exciting I love that too like the chaos of like the holidays and everybody running around and and, like I love it I love that too like Christmas Thanksgiving when like because all most of 90% of my dad's siblings live in Michigan oh wow so it's like this huge just like beautiful shit show of chaos and it's like it's so Fun. And that's I something that, that I always craved, yeah. right. you know? And so for me, like, it's always been in my mind that like, it's not you know, a great situation for New York. Like I want four kids. Uh-huh. Like I want, I want a you little like, band. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, my husband just has one, um, half brother. Okay. So it's something that I think he really craved too. Yeah. And it's always something that we wanted yeah. and you know, it's, I think we realized, so I went off birth control when I was 30. Okay. And what year did uh, you guys get married? We got married in 20, 2014. Okay. Wait. Yes. Okay. We'll hit six years this March. Yes. Okay. So 2014, we got married um, in March. And, and then, so you'd already opened Y7 because you opened yeah, in 2013, yeah. right? Okay. We were both still working full time then because yeah. okay. it was still just a very much a... Uh, right. That was like when we were in the basement. Hustle. Yeah. Yeah. The basement studio. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it's still just very much a side project. We both Wait, was the basement one on Kent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, a, I went to that one yeah. all, like for a while. That was there yeah, for a couple years, right? Yeah, we just relocated that one right. in September okay. 2017. I like that one. Okay. Yeah. I know. That one. That was the one where I cried. Yes. With the toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. That you probably had to go get, like, as you walked through the maze and, like, the it, weird, yes. I know. Into the back yes. and that weird, like, there was yep. those two bathrooms in the corner. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What it what, what a time. It was fine, um, though. It, was, it didn't matter, because once you got in the studio, it was like, like the class yeah, was the class. It didn't exactly. matter if I had to go through, like, some weird... Yeah. Um, so we got married in end of March 2014, and it was just kind of like, you know, we knew we, we didn't want to have kids right away, right, right. away. Um, and then Y7 really took off, yeah. and it was like this thing, and... A year later, I, I, you know, almost exactly a year later, I left my job. He left his three months after me. and so like wild. We built this thing. Yeah. And, you know, finally, um, we spent, uh, at the end of 2016, we took private equity. Uh, we raised a private equity round. Okay. And then 20... Did you do the fundraising yourself? We did. Or did, yeah, did you? Like, we you did. were having all the meetings yes. and stuff? Oh, my God. We did, which was like, it, you know, Allison knows me. <laughs> It's not like my natural habitat. I don't like thrive in that environment. So it's definitely an interesting process right. if anyone has the opportunity to go through it. Yes. Um, I'm sure you had some good business mentors and things that you could like call on or were you guys um, kind of... A little bit, but fitness was still kind of such a new thing, mm. especially raising money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a boutique concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It had only really ever been done for SoulCycle right. and Berries. Did you ever talk to it. any to those ladies that a started little, A little bit. Okay. It's just a different model. Yeah, And totally. yoga is something that has been around far longer than cycling, mm -hmm. far longer than any of these, you know, cardio concepts. Mm -hmm. And there haven't been a ton who have raised. Right. A lot of the yoga studios you see are more sort of either bigger box models uh -huh. that are franchised or, you know, owned by a bigger corporate company. Mm -hmm. Um, and is there kind of nod to yoga, but rarely ever has there been a case like this where yeah. it's, you know, where we were at the time when we raised like a six, six studios, one in LA and just, you know, playing out this market and this huge boom of boutique right. fitness and what it was, it's a lot of new territory. So did you ever have like imposter syndrome where you're just like, how am I, I the CEO of this? I like, still have it. You do? Are you kidding? I'm like, oh, Cause how many employees do you have now? Total. Now we have, including my teachers and you know, all of my studio staff and everything like that. There's, I'm around 300. Oh my God. Yeah. This it's crazy. Amazing. I'm so, it's, it's so, so makes me, nothing makes me happier to see, Thank you. you know, somebody like you who literally started from the bottom. Now you're here. Yeah. Like, like below the bottom. If literally. we want to talk about being in a basement, <laughs> right. but it's, it's been really wild That's and so it's cool. been really fun, you know? So after, after we raised money and, you know, we spent 2017, we, all we did was relocate Williamsburg that year. Right. Okay. And I really spent 2017 building make mm -hmm. my, my leadership team. Right. Okay. Um, and really just putting in an infrastructure to be able to expand and grow this business on a real level that has impact and not just, you know, the in-studio experience, but what does it mean if someone is buying our retail? What does it mm -hmm. mean if someone's going to retreat that we put on? Mm -hmm. What does it mean if someone is doing our trainings and things like that? Like what right. are we standing for? Like who do we want to be? And right. Well, it's become so much more than just, it's a community and it's truly. a, it's a vibe and it's like an aesthetic yeah. and 
you know, I have the, your girlfriend collective leggings, yeah. those like compression leggings. Oh, I have like three that. pairs of those and I love them so much, but it's like the attention to detail for your retail. Like yeah. you've got the best stuff that's very unique and you don't find it anywhere else. It's not crazy expensive. No, we a lot of the other places. It's something we absolutely take into consideration. It's something yeah, we'll always, but I think you know, that people can tell that, you know, yeah. and that's probably what keeps people coming back. It's yeah, like it's different. And it's, you know, and there's a lot of different factors that go into it. It goes into the fact that like, you know, not all of our teachers may look like what you think mm-hmm. typical yoga when you, you know, type in yoga instructor and you see this beautiful, tall, you know, right. very thin dancer, like woman, like we want to change that yeah. and really change the conversation of that yoga is for everybody. Right. And even in all of your um, ads and, and your editorials and yeah, stuff, you've got every, real bodies and all shapes and, and sizes that has to, that goes back to our retail about like making sure that like everything we carry, every like performance brand we carry has inclusive right. sizing. So we're going up to like a triple XL, so like good. we have them like you know, they might not constantly be on the racks, but like we always have that, in, right. you know, in stock. And it's something that's really important to us that that's everyone so makes sure that like, if you're wearing our stuff and you are in that, you know, whether you're in that room or not, like you belong where you are. Yes. And that's like love that. so, so important. Okay. Now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> that's so awesome. Thank you. It really is. And it's like, it's so important. So important. Yeah. Back to the, okay, uh, back to babies. Back to babies. So you, um, so I built this team, who is incredible, and then you know September twenty seventeen, I was like, I'm thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I turned thirty at the very end of twenty sixteen. Okay, so I think that's right. Right, I'm thirty three now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very bad at math. I don't know how old I'll I was. I'll take your word for it. Anyways, I went off birth control. I'd been on birth control um, mm-hmm. for you know, oh my gosh, since I was 16 because mm-hmm. I'm so responsible. Fun. Right. Right. And that's what they tell you yes. to do. Totally. You know? Yeah. So that it's our responsibility to prevent, you know, young pregnancy if we want to do these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd been on birth control since I was 16. So, you know, a good 14 years. And I, you know, big... When I say they, I'm like you know, people. I don't know right. who they is, but like doctors and you know, the, all these the other 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 the things. Word, yeah. yeah, that you know, it can, if you've been on birth control, it can take some time for it to flush out of your body. Totally. And so I was like, listen, like no hard timeline. Like I went off in September of 2017. I ended up getting pregnant in November, um, which was very fast. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> wow, um, I'm very fertile. I'm pregnant. Right. We actually found out on um, my birthday. Oh. Um, it would have been, yeah, it would have been my 31st birthday okay. um, that I found out I was pregnant. And then I went in for my eight week and there was nothing there. Oof. So what, what, how did that feel? I mean, let's, um, if you don't mind, let's talk about I, that a little bit because that was a complete shock to you, right? It wasn't shock. like you had bleeding. Nope. You didn't have I had no bleeding. Symptoms. I was, I had all the, all the sickness the all day. I'm like. I'm not a good first trimester person. This is my third time around now. Mm-hmm. And from weeks, like starting week six, yeah. I am like just vomiting all, all the time. Right. <laughs> um, so I didn't know anyone who had ever had a miscarriage before. Yeah. So what, what happened? They, they I, did the ultrasound. They just they did the ultrasound. There was just nothing there. 
So it was like an empty sack? It or? was an empty okay. sack. That, so yeah, I, happened. it probably was something that happened. It just didn't take and I just did not bleed. So sorry. So do you remember like, what did it feel like in that room? Like, I, did you lose it or was it just I like I did not shot? lose it. I held it together until we left and I lost it in the Uber. Yeah. On the way home. Yeah. I was so oh. excited and I completely lost it. They decided to wait to see if I would, cause they can't really tell like when, you know, it could have mm-hmm. been the day before it could have, you know, they wanted to see if I would naturally miscarry. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. And mm-hmm. I went back in and my placenta kept growing. Oof. So they were like, we have to get this out. Like I, right. my uterus was so, everything was still growing except there's oh. nothing in me. So I did the DNC. Yeah. Um, we ran a full genetic panel. Uh-huh. Um, it was a boy um, and turned out oh. to have trisomy 16. Okay. Which my doctor informed me was, listen, this accounts for 30 something percent of miscarriages. Right. You want it to miscarry. Right. If it doesn't and you do your panorama, we recommend that right. you terminate because the quality of life once the baby's born is just a couple of hours and it's, yeah. it's tough. Right. Um, so, so in like, essence, your body is doing the right thing. Your body knows, which, which, you know, is, is wonderful, a, but it's also, it's wonderful, but it's also, you don't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want to believe in all these things that people say and doctors say, like, trust yeah. your body. And you want to, I wanted to be like, you know what? Thank you body. This is great. Instead. I was a complete hysterical fucking mess. Yeah. I was, I didn't talk about it no. because I felt so ashamed. Really? Tell I, me about that. I Why? Just, you know. I, you felt like you did something wrong or like. It's it's hard to not think that way. Mm. Even though like, and even though there was a reason. It's a random 40, it's a chromosomal disorder. It's not, it has nothing to do with my genetic history. It had nothing to do with Mason's genetic history. It's. Mm-hmm science and for lack of a better phrase it's a luck of the draw it right it doesn't discriminate like there's nothing in either of us that would have caused this there's nothing that i could have done to prevent it right there's there's no control and i think that's the hard thing right because you want to latch on to to a reason right totally because it helps you cope and right and you're like okay if i maybe avoid this thing then it won't happen again and it's this kind of avoidance technique that i was like I've never, I don't know, I've never experienced, I think, yeah. such a lack of control yeah. over something. Yeah. And especially as someone who has said, you know, I'm in health and wellness. This is what I do. So right. somebody who truly believes that you can control a lot of mm-hmm. how you feel physically and mm-hmm. mentally through, you know, doing practices or like what you eat and mm-hmm. what you put in your body. Totally. It was hard for me to kind of let this go mm-hmm. and accept that like, all right, right, you know, and this kind of right. thing, I, I don't, it's so hard to explain. And once no, you it's have been in this situation, you're like, I, there's no reason you can point to there's, that's it. Right. It just is. Right. And that's a tough thing to say. And with. I think it's hard too, is when, so then that happens and then like, you know, it's not going to happen for you and then you're like well, well now what now and you're just kind of like they let you go out into the world and you're like but that my life just took a complete left turn yeah. like you're totally shocked and, and i was like you know and 
DNCs are not. Oh, I never had to have one. I had four it's, miscarriages, but they all like passed naturally because they were all really early. Yeah, it's it's hard because it physically takes a toll on you. You're yeah. nothing, nothing in for two weeks. Right. Oh. It takes six to eight weeks to get your period back. Yeah. So it, you know, there is like a window of like you can't try, and so a lot right. of times after a natural miscarriage, which um, you end up being a little very fertile right. after, and there's no kind of, you know, you can just kind of, as terrible as it is, you can still continue mm-hmm. without this kind of surgery trauma to your right. insides. Totally. Yeah. Oh. So there's that whole aspect too. It's like this whole physical thing you're also recovering from where like you know you have to take days off work you're fully under it's like a whole process right. and like and then you get the bill right like, and four and months it, later and you're like fuck right like right. I've, I've had two dnc's so like i spent upwards of ten thousand dollars like for this thing that not like, having I, babies like thanks yeah for and getting nothing but there's no reason like it's not even like mm-hmm. it was an exploratory surgery we found this thing mm-hmm. here's what we can do like right so yeah. we needless to say we took yeah. a break how was mason trying. doing because i know that you were in your women's health article which was really he, wonderful like thank you, you you talked about how it, it was hard on you guys and i've been really open about that too it was very hard on my husband and yeah I too it's not easy there's you know not even accounting for the fact that like you know, and I can only speak to my personal situation, but right. I was on birth control for 14 years. I was not on it for two months. Mm-hmm. Then I was pregnant for, you know, 10 weeks. Right. And then I was not pregnant. So right. my hormones. hormones were like, I don't even like, I don't even know. Right. I, it, I, it's a lot. Yeah. And I lean anxious and like, you mm-hmm. know, I, so I don't even know how I was, I, I was obviously not coping correctly. I was trying, you know, and then like my friends in New York started to get pregnant. Yes. And that was... Oh, tell me about that. So is it like everybody's in that window where you start mm-hmm. to have babies, right? And yeah. it's like, I'm sure you had the friend that we've all had that's like, oh my God, I wasn't even trying. And yeah. he, he just looked at me and I'm not, I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is, and it's, it's hard to convey how you feel to people who... You know, it's not that I wasn't happy for my friends. Mm-hmm. I am fucking thrilled that they have never had to, right. the majority of my friends have never had to go through this. Yes. It's not about them and their happiness or like me not being happy. It's like, I don't know how to look at you and see what I don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I want your life. I want your exact, you know, it's just like, I want these things so badly and there is nothing I can do to control it going in my favor. Right. And yeah. that's it. And yeah. it's a hard place to sit. It's a, it was a hard place for me. So I'm like, am I like, am I like a bad person? That right. I, can't, I think a like, lot of people think it's like, that. I'm a, I was like, I felt, I was like, I'm awful. Yeah. No, I think that's um, super duper common. Yeah. And then it was like put in a perspective for me where, you know, and then as I, and I didn't really talk about it. So I had a rough, like, I had a rough 2018. Yeah. We didn't try. It was, and Mason, God bless him. You know, I think he tried to be there for me, but like there is, you know, it's different. Like I think the second a woman becomes pregnant and finds out she is, we become mothers. Mm -hmm. That's just it. There is something growing inside of us. We are a home for another 
living being Mm -hmm. for nine months Mm -hmm. and and completely fair for our husbands or our partners it doesn't seem real because they can't feel it totally they cannot feel like their bodies aren't changing all they're doing is seeing you change right and it doesn't hit them until they can hold and see him. Yes. And, you know, that's it, a, it's a perfect way to describe it. And it's it. not, it's You're exactly not right. a good or a bad thing. It just is. It just like, is. There's yeah. no way that you can describe to someone who has, you know, someone who's never broken their foot and you have a broken foot of what it feels. <laughs> they just don't know. Cause they're like, okay, I'm sure it hurts. That sucks. Yeah, but it's they like, have empathy for you, but they can't relate. The exact exactly. Same way. And it's, again, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It no, just is. It's just, it's just what it is. Different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he tried, right. but it wasn't, I didn't even know what I needed. Right. You know, like when we were, we would be in therapy and our therapist like, what do you want from him? I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. I have no idea what would make me feel better. Right. I don't know. A baby. Yeah. Like <laughs> if this never happened, it would have been great. Right. Exactly. But you can't, unfortunately you can't change what it is. So. Right. Yeah. So had you told your family and everybody with yeah. the first one? So that's yeah, we tricky were too, so right? Excited. Yeah. And luckily we hadn't like blasted it to right. the world, yeah. but it was still really tough. Yeah. It was, you know, it's, yeah. and we don't really want to talk about, I guess I, it's not that I was like, didn't want, it was like, I just, it's I don't hard. have anything to say. Like, right. There's nothing I can say. It's, I don't have a reason. Like, I don't know. Right. I'm and, just as like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, after I had my DNC in January of uh, 2018, um, and we did not start deciding that we were ready to, you know, we weren't going to actively like, you know, when am I, you know, ovulating that right. thing? I was like, all right, now you can just stop pulling out like we're right. in college. Right. Um, <laughs> Now you can just stop pulling out. So I didn't want to go back on birth control because totally. I didn't want to have that whole hormonal yeah. thing again. Um, yep. So he stopped. We pulled the goalie in right, essence. Right, right, um, right, right. In November, I got pregnant in December. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so yay. Right. Um, great. Um, and then as soon as I found out um, in like probably like the mid mid January mid late January they took me early at six weeks mm-hmm. there was no fetal pole so most Once likely again, they're like it probably just didn't take right. so again like no bleeding chemical pregnancy or, yeah yeah um they were like it could have been a blighted ovum it right. could have been a chemical one yes. so they don't really know that's how mine was too they yep. were never able to die never able to tell but both of those terms were like bandied about yes and you're kind um, of like oh, it doesn't matter yeah you're like, okay, like okay. sure like again <laughs> nothing right and you know they tell you which is true they're like this listen like half the battle is getting pregnant they're like you can do that right so it's good and you can do it fairly quickly right so Yay me. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. That's um, a lot to go through in a short amount of time too. And yeah. such a roller coaster too. Such like, a roller coaster and I was very like Yeah. Okay, like yeah, let's not have any expectations with it. And you know, they're like, Okay, let's see, since you haven't had bleeding, let's wait another week and see like what happens. Nothing. I went back in, still nothing there. But I kept growing once again. Oh god. So I did another DNC. Oof. Um, this one was a lot quicker. The recovery was a lot more easy because mm-hmm. I was 
a lot earlier. Okay. I would say I had my DNC at like 11 weeks. Okay. The first one. Um, and then at like seven. Okay. My second right. one. So it was Mason thought, poor Mason thought like something happened to me on the table. Cause I was like, they had me in the <laughs> surgery room. 10 minutes later, the doctor came out and was like, Mason. He was like, what? Oh no. And the first one was like oh, 40, 45 minutes. So he was like, um, Hello? Oh. He was like, what just happened? He was like, I literally thought you died on the table. He's oh like, I, because it was so quick. Right. Because it was so much smaller and just less right, to right, collect. Right. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. So that, and that's kind of when I decided to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, in between my first one and my second one, two people um, that I'm friends with had miscarriages. Okay. And, you know, I started, I started following your Instagram. Oh, thank and, you. And yeah, and it just made me realize like the power of sharing. Yes. And the power of telling your story and how even like to the storyteller, the person it happened to, like mm-hmm. how every time I talked about it to someone who was really just willing to sit and listen mm-hmm. and take it in, I felt better. Mm-hmm. I felt lighter. I felt like I didn't have to like hide like if I was like sad about something like pretend to be okay right all the time yeah and I thought it was important that you know there were no answers for me like no one had answers it was just like you know try again right and I was like I've never like and I didn't know because this was the only two times I've ever been pregnant right I've never even had like listen I was a responsible kid like I'd never even never taken plan B. Right. Like I so, never, yeah. because I was like, I know I want, you know, I want to do this when I'm ready. And I, you know, financially feel mm-hmm. ready. And I, mm-hmm. you know, is I, this is something I've always wanted to do. And I want to do it. Right. right. Yeah. And so for me to like, you spend so much of your life trying to prevent this thing. Right. And then you try and it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's just like, it's a complete mind fuck. Right. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. Where like, your whole life, you're taught like if you have sex without protection, you're gonna get you knocked will get out. pregnant. Like you're gonna get pregnant, and like the flip side is, or the reality is, it's not like literally that you have three days, best of luck. Three days, if that. If you it's, know, it's yeah. So it's like we're hoping. I mean, I hope that like sex education, like my daughter's ten. You know, she's gonna start learning about this yeah. stuff now. Like there's so much that we didn't learn. I'm- that I wish that they could kind of transform the whole sex ed and tell people, tell people. Like, I still am like women. a little confused about menstruation. Right. I'm like, okay, so when is my eggs drop? Like, yeah. If no, somebody told me there was like three phases of menstruation. I was like, I have never. You're like, oh, I thought it was literally heard one. That. I'm 45. Yeah, it's and I've never. Heard that. It's crazy. <laughs> I was it's, like, what the fuck? Are you like, excuse about? me. Like my body is wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. So it's, it's hard, and you know, I think after I told my story, yeah, the first time, and I got a really nice, I got a really great response, and mm-hmm. just after connecting with, you know, other members of the community, and also with the emergency thing of companies who are starting to talk more about fertility, right? Um, that it's such an important conversation to have, and right. Can I say that you posted on Instagram? And I reread that right before I came to meet with you. Um, and some of the things that you said were just so like poignant and well said. Mm-hmm. And Katie Mason actually yeah. forwarded that to me. And she's like, you need to talk to her. And I was like, I'll wait till the time's right. You know, I'm not going to swoop in now and be like, yo. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> so 
I did wait, but I'm really glad that you did that. And I know that you helped a lot of people by just even I opening so. up that door, you yeah, know? Yeah, I'm just knowing that, like, it's that first trimester, like, that whole, like, that, like, up to, like, 10, 12-week period, like, you know, and if you miscarry in the first, like, six to eight, like, that shit is just science. Mm-hmm. Like, there is nothing, like, even if, you know... I don't know, you just lay on your bed and do nothing. Like, it could still not take. Right, exactly. You have to completely give up control. And right. it's a scary thing There's because it's so happening much. to your body. Right, right. And so we feel like we have all this control and should have all this control right. because we can control what we eat. We control can control, you know, how much we're working out and what muscles we're working on right. and what we're strengthening. Even Sleeping our brains and, and sleep and all this right. stuff where conditioned to be like oh you want to change something you make the change and this is the Mm -hmm. one thing where Mm -hmm. you know there are things you can do to help fertility you know boost it but right sometimes it's just not and you never know and i've talked to doctors too who were like there's no prescription for this everybody's different you know what works for somebody might not work for somebody else and yeah you know all that stuff so it's it's pretty wild so you wrote about it for women's health and then Tell me you had some recent news. <laughs> yeah, so I, I wrote about it and, um, you know, and then I was really frustrated that in 2019, I was like, what the fuck? Because the second I had tried to get pregnant the last two times, it happened within like two months. Right. This time I got my period back after eight weeks. Okay. So I got it back end of April <clears throat> or like mid-April. Right. And then my cycle changed in May. Okay. I have never not been regular. Huh. I am like a clock. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, did something happen with the DNC? Oh. And I was not getting pregnant. And I'm happy to report I am now. Right. Yay. Five months pregnant. Yeah. I'm very, very excited, but it was hard to get to this place. And it's right. not like sexy. I was like, I'm fucking ovulating. I was like, oh my God. Inside. The Let's most go. unsexy thing. And my husband I mean, was like, I'm sorry. He's like, I, he's like, I, this is like yeah. very weird for me. It's so weird. It is the least And I was thing. like, who doesn't want to have sex with her? Like having <laughs> meltdowns. And it's like, it's not that, <laughs> but I'm having a meltdown. So I'm like, oh, I'm doing Right. Like, oh my god! This is the first time I had, like really looked at when I'm ovulating. I'm like, oh my god! It's so unsexy. I mean, there were points with Vince and me where like we, we couldn't, we couldn't, couldn't, because it. Yeah. it was like it, there was so much pressure, so much. And I'd be like, just stick it in. Just, was, like, what do you mean? You want this all And the we're time. like both sweating, yeah. and crying, and like I'm like looking at the clock, and like it was like a movie. Like it was like it was so. I'm looking back, and like, then he's oh my like, gosh. I'm out. I, yeah. I can't. Like, it's not happening. And, and, it's, like, a lot, and it's one of those things where, like, right. you know, like, I'm not afraid of aging. I'm not, like, right. you know, time. Yeah. But it sucks because, like, that's the one thing that's always going to happen. We get older every single day. Completely. And, like, what they don't the tell fertility. us when we're younger right. is that your eggs go away. Right. <laughs> like, I know. Every single month, less you have less. less. Totally. And so it is like a race. You're like, ah, I, I know, know, I know. Now. And it's so confusing because, you know, so. Yeah. So I, I think you were going to say earlier, you were alluding and I interrupted you to kind body. Oh, yes. Because you hooked yes, up with them, yes. right? So, so tell me about that. After, you know, a rough late summer. Right. 
of not getting pregnant and forcing my husband upon me, <laughs> um, which was not, you know, as great as that may sound to some, if it's not fun for him, he's like, it's too much, it's too much. Um, so... You know, Mason yeah. and Vince are going to hate us. So I know. Hopefully they don't listen hey, to us. I'm so sorry. No. Also, like, They're, put you We love you guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, we really sat down and I was like, I had to, like, kind of reevaluate. Like, it was hard. Um, again, this was, like, a tough thing on a relationship. And I was like, I'm not in a hurry. Mm. Like, I want to be a mother. But, like, I don't need it to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. but I know that I'm losing eggs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and after the first day of the scene, we both ran full genetic panels on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we did the whole, the whole thing. Right. We're fine. I was like, yep. let me just explore what it would look like to freeze my eggs. Yeah. Smart. I am lucky enough that I'm in a position where I can. Mm-hmm. And that way it, maybe I'll just do it. I'll have them in the right. back stock if I need them. And then it can take some pressure off of us. Yeah. And if it happens naturally, many blessings and if it doesn't at least i have this back right was my train of thought completely so i went in um many blessings many <laughs> blessings like you know but it helps totally. knowing that you have totally. something you know and then i'm not i i know my i was like let me get my fertility check because god forbid i only have two eggs right then we gotta do this you know now right, right. i was like but if i have some you know i was 32 so yeah. I, I just turned 33 in december so yeah. you know i was like i should be good uh-huh. And then, you know, I still have a nice window of fertility and let's mm-hmm. just see what happens. But I wanted to take that pressure off of us. We both, Mason has since left Y7 and has a new startup. Yes. We both have a lot going on, right? right. And this was just an added right. thing. <laughs> so it's a lot. Um, so I went to Kind Body. Um, like uh, mid-September, I got my fertility checked. Um, nine eggs on my right, 11 on my left. They're like, this is great. Good news. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, depending on your next cycle, we want to come in like a couple, um, I think it's either a couple days, a couple days, a day or two after um, you finish your period mm-hmm. and we measure your uterus, okay. your uterine wall. So yeah. basically they just kind of fill you up, take a sonogram right, right. and, you know, take right. some measurements. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I was like, I should, according to my calendar, be done like August 5th. Or, sorry, October 5th. I'd be going back in time. Yeah. And so maybe when I went, but at this point, like, since May, I hadn't been regular. My cycles had been going from 26 days to 32. Okay. So they were like, just make it, whatever. We can still take measurements and get Mm -hmm. a good estimation wherever you are. So I go back in on the 5th of October. And um, I was like, you know, I didn't get it yet. Like, I was just like, all right, like, you know. Let's still just like kind of, you know, go up there and see what's going on. So I'm in the stirrups. I'm, right. you know, ass basically off. I yeah. have the, she puts the camera yeah. um, through the vaginal um, sonogram and makes a weird face. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have a uterus. Oh my God. <laughs> I like my, she goes, well, we can't do this test today. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I don't have it. I, something's missing. Something is gone. I was like, oh no, I have no uterus. The walls aren't there. And she turns the screen on and she goes, you're pregnant. I was oh, like, I just get the chills. I was like, <laughs> I was like this. Hmm? I was like, oh. What? Was okay. Mason with you? No. Because oh, I God. was just like, you know, I was like, I'm going to go back in for my right, thing. Right. It'll take time. Oh my God. He, Holy he shit. He involved in this. I would have been. I was like, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and this was, and she turned the screen around, and at that point, and she's like, "It looks like you're five and a half weeks." And so all you see is oh the fetal pole. And I had never even seen that before. Yes. All I had ever seen was empty sacks. Yes. Oh. So this was like a big, Did I immediately started, of course I started, started yes. crying. I was like, I don't know. And she was like, are you happy? I was like, no, I'm really happy. I just, I've never seen this the before. I don't know. Pole. I was like, I don't even know. I was like, I didn't know what a fetal pole was. Right. I didn't until, know what that was Until even. literally like my last miscarriage. I was like, I don't know right. what's going on. Right. Um, they oh. were wonderful. They took me. Every single week for a sonogram. Good. Until I went for my first OB appointment. Okay. They took me every oh single week. So I would just know that it was sex. That's is so still, awesome. Like, is it still there? Of, right. I know. And there's like, after you've been through what you've been through, you and, can't relax, and right? And not it's having like, any inclination that it wasn't right. in there. Right. I didn't bleed. I, there was no like... Right. You know, there was no like cramping spout. There was nothing. Right. It was just like it's not there. Right. But you still have all the pregnancy symptoms. Yeah. So have fun. Oh my God. So <gasps> here we are. So here we are. So five months, and you feel you look great. Thank you're you. Feeling, I feel feeling more confident. Yes. Or like, let's talk about before we wrap it up quickly. Sure. Um, just like after you know having two miscarriages, traumatic uh-huh. ones too. I mean, they're yeah, all traumatic. Yeah. But how do you? keep your mind like in a good space and not feel terrified because I don't think somebody said to me, actually it was this woman that did the fertility tribe Mm -hmm. and she has a saying that's like, once you have a positive pregnancy test, the scars of like infertility don't go away. So like you're never able to relax. I am... I heard the heartbeat yesterday so I feel okay today. Was it the first time you heard it? No, I like... It was just, you know... Yeah. I, it's the first time it's I heard it like four weeks. So it was like, I, you know, and I just, last night was the first time I felt okay. Okay. So I felt movement. I was like, oh, oh, he's in there. That's so good. So, you know, it's when you can't yeah. feel it. I know. It's it, scary. Yeah. It's like, like you want to do that Tom Cruise thing and get your own sonogram. Yeah. Like, like, Surrey, do, yeah, like, like do I get my own? Like, I, like, it's 100% in my Amazon search history. So don't think it's not there. So they sell them on Amazon. Yes, and oh there's like these apps that can you can can't hear you the just heartbeat? expense it and like, yeah, like and charge know. it to the company. It's so it's very nerve wracking, no, and you yeah. analyze every feeling. Totally. You know, you start to get I start to get like ligament pain. I was like, oh my god, is something happening? Yeah. yeah. I got like really cold one night, and I'm never cold, yeah. and I I run hot in general, and it was like it's a sign of miscarriage. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And Don't Mason was like start googling things. <laughs> And I'm usually not a Googler, but like right. this, I'm like, ah, it's yeah. so, I live, it's a constant line of like, I'm so excited, like looking to the future, but also like, okay, you've, you know, this is now the third time you're pregnant mm-hmm. and this is further than you've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. But like, I just, I feel really lucky. Mm-hmm. Like every day I feel really, really lucky. Mm-hmm. And like I had horrible morning sickness. I was like, I literally don't care. As right. Long Bring it as on. I was like, as long as the baby's still in there. I was yeah. like, as long as, you know, I was talking to um, one of my girlfriends who's a trainer and she's yeah. training me now. She's like, do you have a birth plan? I was like, I don't care as long as it comes out healthy, healthy. in one piece. I do not, I don't care what happens yeah. to me at yeah. this point. I am just so 
so thankful that I get this chance again. Oh. And like it's gotten this far. Yeah. So like I like Yeah. That's where I am. It's a hard it's hard it's a hard place to live. Like I'm really lucky that I have like a job that I love and I have like right. a great team, right. like great people around me. So like I feel really good, but mm-hmm. it's a hard place to be when, you know. It's scary. Some people just get pregnant and have easy pregnancies and are like doing their well, normal thing and I running say, and doing all this. And I'm like, if I move the wrong way, <laughs> will it not be? I don't. It's I like, know. I think that if there's any sort of silver lining to having, you know, having miscarriages or having a loss or going through infertility, it's that once you finally do get pregnant or once you finally do have the kids, you have this gratitude that not that it's a competition, but that people that didn't go through it might not have yeah. so and I think I just have I a greater that's... appreciation for my body too mm-hmm. and I think you know the resilience of people just that mm-hmm. I was in a very different place last year this time and the year before mm-hmm. so this time of year is like really weird for me because I was you know just post miscarriage mm-hmm. January, February, the last two years. So for me, it's like, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard time. Yeah. Because there's so many things that are happening in my life that are like the same. Right. You know, like the season's the same. Exactly. Like the cadence of the business, our busy season is the same. So it's a lot of like, right. Yeah. It's up. But it's different. It's different. Yes. Yes. So I'm so happy for you and you're going to be the best mom. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being so open. Hey again, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Sarah. Sarah, thank you again for being super candid about everything that you went through and all the feelings and all the feels. I know everybody listening really appreciates that. So thank you guys for listening. And I also want to give a special thank you to Jillian Telling, who is a friend of mine who wrote this incredible article in people.com about infertile AF and me and everything we're doing. So that was a huge moment for the podcast, for me, for me professionally. And I just want to thank her from the bottom of my heart. So Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.